Hello, it's David here. Thank you for listening to The Leader. Please subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on our news analysis and commentary. And it would be lovely if you gave us a review too. Thank you. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. The NHS lab's going unused while thousands wait for coronavirus testing. There's bizarrely this level of secrecy going on now because these lighthouse labs are arms length bodies. They're not actually disclosing even to MPs how many tests they're doing. Our health editor Ross Lydell as pressure grows on ministers to rethink the system while London's warned a curfew could be coming. And... This is indeed the worst crisis that British Airways has ever gone through in its 100 years of its history. BA boss Alex Cruz warns MPs the airline is fighting for survival. We speak to travel expert Paul Charles. Could British Airways really fail? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, while the testing queue grows longer, the NHS labs that could help. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. In an exclusive interview with the Evening Standard, the Director of Public Health England, Kevin Fenton, warns curfews could be imposed in London to combat a feared second surge in coronavirus cases. If it's like the one in Bolton, that could see places like pubs and restaurants close to customers after 10pm. He also says demand for testing is outstripping capacity, with 150,000 a week being carried out in the city. Our editorial column says it's a worrying time. The fear is that what seems controllable now might seem very different in a month. A repeat of the awful explosion in infections we saw back in the spring. So what should happen now? That's the dilemma facing Mr Fenton, the mayor and ministers. There are some tools which could help that fall short of a full lockdown. Local curfews on late night bars, for instance. But in a city as big and joined up as London, local lockdowns can't really work. One thing that's essential is knowledge of what is actually going on, and for that we need quick and easy testing. Instead, the system for booking tests is imploding. The truth is that we cannot yet know what will happen next with the virus in London. 
only that our success in beating it once does not mean the battle is over. The Evening Standards Health Editor Ross Lydell has been investigating the cause of the chaos in testing. He's with me now. Ross, what's really been happening? From what we now can establish, the problem with testing doesn't simply relate to the number of swabs that are being made available to people who turn up. Obviously, we know about the difficulty of actually booking a test online and then people turning up at drive-in or walk-through test centres and being told that the centre is shut and they have to go away. It now appears that the reason that this is happening at the test centres is that many of these are directly linked to what, what are called lighthouse laboratories, which are essentially sort of arm's length mega labs that were set up by Matt Hancock uh, back in April. And when these laboratories essentially start to run out of capacity, the problem is then being funneled back down the system to essentially prevent more people taking tests, to prevent these swabs then having to be sent to the labs to be processed because they can't process enough of them in time. Are there other labs available though? Yes, there are. And this is the great mystery. You know, I started looking into this yesterday and it's really quite a minefield in terms of how the NHS and other organisations do laboratory testing. So, of course, much laboratory testing was happening way before COVID was even heard of. And that was, for example, you know, standard blood tests you'd get sent to by your GP uh, to check whether you had diabetes or all manner of conditions and so on. So basically the system that existed in the NHS prior to these lighthouse labs and prior to COVID had largely evolved so that in London there's basically two big what are called joint ventures, one in the north of the city and one in the south. Separate to these we also have about 10 or so Public Health England laboratories. Uh, We also have what would be fairly described as small labs which may be very small testing units alongside largely private hospitals but which would basically do sort of blood tests and are not able to do COVID tests because COVID tests are much more difficult to do. And finally, we have the Lighthouse Labs. Now, I know you probably think about the Lighthouse family, those of us who remember 90s pop, but we have the Lighthouse Labs and the Lighthouse name comes from the idea that actually it's the the way that light is shown on the sample that then gets the result to see whether you're COVID positive or not. There are currently seven. They should be able to do 50,000 to 100,000 tests being processed a day to get the results, but they haven't been able to keep up with that. Hence the problem as well that that people are um, not able to get the results quickly. Is part of the reason they're not able to keep up with that simply down to staffing? We think so. We think it's a combination of staffing because these lighthouse labs were initially staffed Uh, in sort of April, May time by university researchers and tech tech sort of boffins, if you like, who weren't doing their normal job because all normal sort of science and medical research was put in abeyance to concentrate on COVID. So these people are now going back to universities as the new university term starts. The second point is that there also seems to be, again, a shortage of the chemicals that are needed to put on these swabs to actually discover whether there is virus in the swab or not, the so-called reagents. And the third thing is what's been raised today by a doctor who is a member of the Royal College of Pathologists, which is the sort of structural problem that these sort of biomedical scientists, there are simply aren't enough of these clever people in the country 
to carry out the testing and that the idea you can train somebody up in a matter of weeks to to do this and to work out what to put on a swab to work out if you've got COVID or not it's simply not easily done and there aren't enough people to do either so it's a combination of a shortage of people either because of diverting back to the normal job that they never existed in the first place or there's not enough chemicals at present to actually test the samples. The Department of Health says that it's uh, continuing to, to increase lab capacity. Is there enough capacity already perhaps available to them to get more testing done? Well, there is enough capacity if you add the NHS labs and the Lighthouse labs together, we think. Because in the last four days on the famous coronavirus dashboard, the Department of Health or Public Health England, whoever oversees it, has not published the actual total capacity for what's known as pillar one and pillar two tests, which are namely the number of tests they're able to carry out for people in hospital and the number of tests they're able to process from people in the community, as in the drive-in centres and the walk-through centres. So it's a secret. There's bizarrely this level of secrecy going on now because these lighthouse labs are arms-length bodies they're not actually disclosing, even to MPs, how many tests they're doing. Questions have been asked in Parliament, asking the department, how many tests can we do? And they're not getting the answers. What the NHS side of the lab testing system is saying is that at present, because there are far fewer people in hospital with COVID, there are, they are carrying out fewer tests and they do have some capacity, probably about 40,000, or the capacity to do about 40,000 uh, tests a day. That's not being used just now. They don't expect that capacity to remain in the next few weeks as the numbers are expected to rise exponentially as things spread. You know, as we know just now, that it's largely older teenagers, university age students who are spreading this like wildfire and soon will be getting into the 60, 70 year olds who are highly at risk and will end up in hospital. So the hospital capacity will be taken up soon, but there is extra hospital capacity just now. Next. Airlines are now planning on the basis that it will take four or five years to recover to where they were in 2019. So that's a long, long time. And sadly, many of the airline bosses around today who are predicting it's going to take five years won't be around themselves in five years' time. Travel expert Paul Charles. How much trouble is BA in? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. The boss of British Airways has told MPs the airline is fighting for survival. The uh, relationship is very clear. Uh, fear of passengers uh, means fear of flights. And fear of flights means fear of people required to actually service them. Alex Cruz was talking to the Commons Transport Select Committee, which has been asking why BA says it needs to cut 12,000 jobs because of the coronavirus pandemic. Can an institution like that really be in as much trouble as it says? Well, the travel expert Paul Charles from the PC agency is with me. Paul, if a company like British Airways says it might not survive, that really brings home how serious this crisis is to the travel industry. 
It does, and British Airways is, of course, a stalwart of the airline industry. It's just celebrated its 100th birthday. Um, and so this is the last thing that it would have planned for, like most airlines. Uh, and when Alex Cruz says that, that it's fighting for survival, he's mirroring and echoing what other CEOs of many airlines are saying at the moment, that they are in a race against time and they're having to slash their costs dramatically in order to even break even. Uh, it's not about making a profit. It's about survival and even attempting to break even. So he's serious when he says it. Yeah, is it really imaginable that BA could disappear? I don't think BA will disappear and there's a BA plane flying over me at the moment. Um, no, I, I don't think they will disappear because even if an airline goes down to five or 10 planes, the brand would survive and they would rebuild for the longer term. The key now is for CEOs and airline bosses to cut their costs as much as they can so that they can retain the cash they've got. And don't forget, BA has quite a lot of cash in the bank. Even though it's losing 20 to 30 million pounds a day by its own estimates, it still has quite a lot of cash in the bank and it has to preserve that cash like most airlines. So as long as they can preserve the cash and start to rebuild what's in the bank, then they'll be fine. But there are other airlines that will disappear, sadly, around the world. And you can see the effect of cost cutting when we know that BA announced, I think it was in April, that 12,000 jobs were going to have to go, which I think is about 30% of its workforce. But are there solutions yet? Is there anything that the airlines want to do or can do that people are looking at? They are working on solutions. And, and the one thing about the airline industry, especially the British airline industry, is how innovative it is. It's always been very strong as a sector, and that's why it's fighting with government at the moment to preserve its innovation. Yes, I think the most important thing that could be done is to open up more corridors. Uh, there are some corridors in place at the moment, especially to Europe. But long haul, there are very few that you don't have to quarantine uh, when you come back from them. So the key is to open up corridors where business travelers especially, as well as leisure, would not have to quarantine on their return. And of course, the most profitable routes for BA and Virgin Atlantic are across the Atlantic. The London, New York, the London, Washington, London, LA, San Francisco, London, Chicago. These are all profitable routes for, for BA and Virgin. So BA understandably uh, would like to see, and it is being worked on, the corridor, especially between London and New York, open up. There are many people who do want to see family and friends again, let alone business travelers uh, in New York. And so it would be wise to have some sort of trial to open it up. And is New York as open to that as well? Because this is something that Alex Cruz mentioned to MPs today. Has to go both ways, though. It does. And indeed, the US uh, authorities are very warm to the idea if it's some form of trial, a test. Uh, it's been called for by the likes of the World Travel and Tourism Council, by uh, US travel authorities. So it, it is being worked on behind closed doors. Um, and it would make sense if you can create a, a trial and it works well, as we've seen with trials in sport, for example, over the summer, which have been very successful, especially cricket, then why not do it on a key route like London, New York? Uh, we have to get travel moving again. It's the only way to start increasing revenues 
and uh, boosting passenger confidence, which is vital. Exactly, getting those passengers back on the planes. But Alex Cruz did say that he saw no short-term coming back of our passengers. That's that's the big problem, isn't it, Paul? I mean, airlines are now planning on the basis that it will take four or five years to recover to where they were in 2019. Um, so that's a long, long time. And sadly, many of the airline bosses around today who are predicting it's going to take five years won't be around themselves in five years' time. So we'll be, we'll be watching closely to see how they develop. But the only answer is either a vaccine, which you'd hope there would be one within a year's time, or to reopen routes and manage the trials, manage the process of reopening very, very carefully. It's the only way you're going to know if it's going to be successful and work. So the trials have to happen and there have to be more long haul routes opened up uh, on the UK's quarantine list as well. There are very few long haul routes available where you don't have to quarantine. So the more that can be opened, the more that enables the airlines to fly more often to those long haul destinations, which are more profitable. So, as a boss of an airline, you've only got three options at the moment. Cut your costs as much as possible. Fly more uh, by using more planes on more destinations, so having more routes open up. And thirdly, hope there's a vaccine. And uh, crucially, you might make some money from flying it in your own cargo holds uh, around the world. Those are the only options for airlines at the moment. And that's The Leader. You can keep up with all the latest developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from The Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.